What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hi, everyone. We have Francisca on the episode today. I'm so excited, you guys. She is a musician, and I'm just really intrigued to hear more about her story. I don't know much about it, so I will be learning along with the rest of you. And Francisca, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Shelly, so much for having me. And yeah. I've been wanting to say this, and so congratulations on your rainbow baby. On thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I am literally going to just throw this story or throw this at you. You take over and start wherever you want to with your story. Okay. Well, thanks for giving me permission to start wherever I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever. Um, So I'll just give a little background. I'm married seven years. I got married when I was 19 and I have an almost two-year-old and we did try for a while for her and uh, it was just really nice when I got the positive pregnancy test. Finally, that was was a hard time. And then um, when we felt like we were finally ready to grow the family from one to two, we got pregnant right away, which I was surprised because the first time it took a little bit longer than we wanted to. And um, at my 10-week ultrasound appointment, I had, we there was no heartbeat. So the doctor didn't give me a straight up diagnosis. He said, could be, because I didn't know my, the date of my period was not so clear or I wasn't so sure in it. I mean, I was sure in it. It was just not sure if it was a real period. It was like just spotting. So yeah. So it was basically either I'm six weeks pregnant with a new baby because I did get a prog- pregnancy test that would have been at conception mm-hmm. or there was a missed miscarriage. I don't know which one I said first, but either there was a 10 week dead baby mm-hmm. or a six week baby um, after the missed miscarriage. Yeah. So Except there was like, he had to explain it so many times. I was, (laughs) I still felt like I was going home to say I had a missed miscarriage and I'm pregnant with a six week old. So the doctor was sort of like saying it over and over until I started crying because I said, so what do I tell my husband when I get home? Yeah, seriously. Like that's kind (laughs) of leaving you with like, I, I mean, everything was up in the air, right? Like not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was like that, which meant like I. I can't have coffee still, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if I'm still pregnant. So there was, it was a couple of days like that. And then I started bleeding. I don't know why I didn't think to call the doctor until two days later. Um, and then I went in for an ultrasound where I got a confirmed miscarriage, except nobody was telling me if it happened already, if it didn't. Well, yeah. clearly, <laughs> if you don't know, it probably didn't happen at 10 weeks. <laughs> Because when they, I had three options, just like most people, the pill waited wait out naturally or the DNC and the pill just sounded so easy. Do it at home. Yeah. <laughs> Except it was not like that. Um, it was, it was like having a baby, but at home in your bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very intense. And I didn't feel prepared for that. Um, so, so just to be clear, yeah. I, I just want to make sure I have your story right. So when you, <laughs> when you went in. 
it was either you were 10 weeks and there was no heartbeat, correct? Or you were six weeks pregnant and they just couldn't see it yet, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what the kind of like the answer that they were giving you. So then you had to go home <laughs> and you basically had to like wait it out until you got a confirmation. Exactly. So, oh, so we scheduled an ultrasound for a week later in case it was a six week old, uh, there would have been growth. Yeah. Seven. And that's when you kind of got your confirmation. As so like... first the bleeding started, which, okay. so I went in and that's when they put, they, they told me to come into the ultrasound appointment. Okay. So you started bleeding for two days and then went in and that's kind of when you got the confirmation ultrasound, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So but it was like clotting. You... It wasn't major. Yeah, which can be so normal. Like, I don't know if you know that, but that can actually be like extremely normal in a pregnancy. And I think that that's what's one of the most confusing things ever is like a lot of the symptoms that you have when you're miscarrying can also be completely normal in a pregnancy. And so it's like, I exactly. mean, until, until you get that actual confirmation from a doctor, you're kind of just like sitting in limbo, you know, and you're like, I don't know. And like you said, you can't drink, you know, like you're staying away from coffee. Like maybe you're I, like, you just, you have to still live your life like you're pregnant. Exactly. Because when I did get my confirmation, the first thing I wanted was everything I had to give up. Yeah. Pregnant. Mm-hmm. It was like, I wanted to just have everything I could have. You kind of want to indulge in it because you're like, well, shit, like if I can't, if I can't have my baby, like, you know what I mean? It's like this really weird thing. It's like, I'm going to indulge in everything that I couldn't indulge in before, which is also a really weird feeling. I don't know. Did you feel like that was a really weird feeling of like, I'm not supposed to have this, but like I am and I can. Yeah. So it was more like, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but I felt scammed. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, I just put in my time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I sacrifice my body, mm-hmm. you know, my pleasures or whatever. Oops. No, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's almost like a cruel joke, basically. Um, now you said you took the pill, right? Yeah. Okay. So how, what was that experience like? Okay. So just before we get to that, I, you asked about like the whole, the feeling pregnant and not feeling pregnant or, or the miscarriage experience could be like a pre- pregnancy sy- symptoms. Yeah. So, um, the doctor, my ultrasound doctor, he was asking me if I felt pregnant and I felt like he was asking me to prove my pregnancy. I said, but I got a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> What yeah. do you mean do I feel pregnant? What do I need to do to prove to you? Yeah. But now looking back, he was asking me if I had pregnancy symptoms, probably because the pregnancy test still said for four more weeks after the miscarriage that I was pregnant, even though I clearly I wasn't. But yeah, I'd never had nausea or like I did with my first pregnancy, but then every pregnancy could be different. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you just don't know what's normal and what's not because yeah. yeah. So I yeah, remember just feeling so defensive. Oh, oh, totally. And I, you want to know what's funny is you're going to feel like that moving forward too. Like with your doctor, like you're, you're always going to be like battling for yourself. <laughs> that is how it feels. It's like, you almost have to like prove yourself to them or like prove that you're pregnant. Like I remember I had really faint uh, positive mm-hmm. lines at first and I would go to the doctor 
and their their P tests would be negative, but it's positive at home, you know, because like they're more sensitive at home. Our first response is more sensitive than the cheapies that they have at the doctor's office. So then we do the blood draw and that's how the doctor would confirm I'm pregnant because I would always go in so early. And I always got really defensive because I was like, and at one time I brought the test to the doctor. (laughs) my test from home and I was like see here it is this is what I took at home and there's a line and he's like yeah but there can be a line after a certain amount of time and I'm like this was here within 30 seconds (laughs) like you just gotta totally changes yeah Yeah, it's like it's like when you're trying to get pregnant and you just get negative pregnancy tests so the positive just gives you at least without any experience of loss is, you know, you passed. That's all. That's all you need to do is pass from negative to positive. And then here it's, I had my positive and then you still don't pass. You you can't trust it. There's that fear factor. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of came next, like after your doctor's appointment? So I came home. Oh, so it took me like 15 minutes till I was able to call my husband to tell him what was going on. I just couldn't get my breath together. Yeah. I also found it, I, my first thought after I got the news was just a humiliation, like, oh, I thought I was pregnant and now I'm not, like, everyone I told, it wasn't so many people, but it's like I had all these plans and now they're not happening, so it just felt, humi- I just felt, I I guess the word I keep, keep saying, uh, keep hearing on the podcast or with others is shame, Yeah, but the that I it came in the form of humiliation for me mm-hmm. like I made a fool out of myself I think so, that's really common yeah so we I came home my husband works really far away <laughs> so it was gonna be about two three hours until he'd get back and it was so nice that he came I didn't think I needed him I mean I, I knew I'd want him there but I, I thought I'd be fine on my own yeah so I I think I had lunch first and then I took the pill and basically I was glued to my toilet for the next two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the People don't joking. know. It's messy. People don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, like when I was telling a friend or a family member about this and she's like, yeah, it, you're you're having a baby, except mm-hmm. except nobody cares. It's, you're not in a hospital full of people who are there. You're yeah. by yourself or with, you know, your your spouse and on the toilet. Like it's so undignified. Yeah. It's so it's it's so yeah, like somehow the hospital room with all its disgusting, you know, (laughs) fluids and everything that comes out of the woman's body is somehow beautiful. And then with the miscarriage, somehow it's it's waste that goes into the sewage. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so degrading. And it adds to that shamefulness. I, I felt like it added a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How did your husband handle when you told him? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so he's an amazing husband and he's he was with me all week that week he just whatever had the everything went on hold and he was there for me but I remember those first like 10 minutes on the phone he was just asking me questions he he just you know if he was with me at the doctor's office he would be asking them to the doctor but I just felt like I was defending yeah, myself uh-huh. you go back and, into that defense phase Oh my gosh. It was, I, I remember realizing what's happening. And I told him your questions right now are making me feel like much worse than I'm already feeling. And 
We just have to switch up the way you want to get the information. We just have to place it in a way where I don't feel like, you know, I was holding something of yours <laughs> and now I'm never giving it to you, you know? Yeah. So, but once I explained that, we were able to sort of change the way we're talking. But, and, and he's been, you know, he wasn't crying with me, but he did share with me that on his way back from work, he was crying and he was very well, I'm proud of you for even, you know, acknowledging that like, hey, I need you to do it this way. Because I think that communication is so important because men and women, like we just tend to go through this process very differently. And so we kind of do have to like guide our husbands through this a little bit. Like, this is what I need from you. (laughs) Like, Let's change directions here a little bit, you know, but uh, so what are like the next steps for you guys? So what are the next steps? I remember the doctor saying you, you know, wait for one cycle, and then you can start trying again, physically, but emotionally, you have to, you might have to wait, you have to listen to yourself, don't just jump into it. And I remember thinking, what, why would I, what would stop me here? So I, I was on a train, I got kicked off, I'm getting back on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone else is pregnant with me, still riding that train with that due date. So I, I want to try when we can start again. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> so this is like super new for you. Super new, super raw. And I felt like, so for that week that right when I took the pill, I was sort of out of commissions. I had to cancel stuff, but I was still working. I, I work mostly from home. So I'm in my bed, like answering emails on conference calls, just nonstop. And then I had a ton of previously previous commitments. I had working engagements and events and stuff and social. There was so much going on. I mean, I was every, every five seconds I was at some event dressed up in heels, smiling and just like running away and crying or. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people realize that like like women who are going through miscarriage like a lot of the time we have to continue on with life through the grieving process and we don't get that time to really like sit down and think about what has happened and I know that you said things are kind of slowing down for you a little bit now and that's all kind of like rushing you know rushing in and you're starting to feel all those emotions that maybe you would have felt if you wouldn't have had everything going on what's that like so it feels very lonely and the other word is just sad I just feel sad for no reason (laughs) well clearly for a reason but I I just it it kind of feels like no reason doesn't it like like when you like blurted that out, I think that's because of how you are feeling because you that that's so common with the loss of a pregnancy is like it feels like it's for no reason, like because you you don't have what you fought for, you know, exactly. And and the triggers, they're just you don't know when they're going to come or in what in what shape or form. And yeah. And I can't control myself in public or <laughs> yeah. in private. It's fine. I don't need to. But um, I, I, I had to be in so many social events around. And the very pregnant women aren't such a trigger for me as the early pregnant mm-hmm. friends and family members. And there's so many of them right now. It's crazy. And I'm, I'm so happy for them. I just a little episode you just had last week or I don't know when you posted is you know you're you're happy for them yet you're sad and then you feel bad about feeling sad about something happy that just oh hit me so hard it's so true 
And, and it's sort of, I, I feel like I changed my perspective, which I'm open to in general on how I feel about sharing early pregnancies, how I feel about showing your belly <laughs> when you have one. Um, it just, I just feel so different about a lot of that. And, and, and in what way? Like, what way do you feel like you feel different? I just feel like I had no idea what a smack in the face a belly can be until I had this, even though I was someone who w- was trying to have a baby for some while and I and I wasn't and, and people around me clearly were. Um, <laughs> so somehow this feels more like a smack in the face when other people are. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm more social now than I used to. <laughs> I I think it. As, you, I have a kid, so I'm in social and I'm in a social environment all the time. You go to the park. I mean, <laughs> a lot more triggers around. Yeah, yeah. And I think you become more sensitive to other people when you go through something like this. So, like you were saying, like you look at, you know bellies and pregnancy announcements and all that stuff in a different way because like you know how bad that it can actually hurt too yeah that was something that I really struggled with actually when I got pregnant with Ryan as I felt very different about announcing it like very different like I I didn't even know how to do it you know what I mean and it's like that's that's a whole nother weird feeling (laughs) it's like announcing a job you don't have yet Uh yeah and you don't want to jinx it Yes, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a perfect analogy for it. So, and, and the other thing is also, now that I'm in this, I, I know so many other women who are either going through infertility or pregnancy loss. And, and now it's almost this, what if I get pregnant before they do? Or what if they go through this again? What if I go through this again? What if the people who are my support system right now I will be the one who's smacking them in the face. What if they're the ones who are going mm-hmm. <laughs> How does this work? And who are the rules to this game? That, this there show- isn't any. I wish there was. Maybe we need to write a rule book. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. But the problem with the rule book is that I, I listen to your, the, thing, the stuff you don't say to someone who had pregnancy loss. And some stuff really resonated with me and some didn't I was so there's no rule book there's just suggestions because what's going to work for one person isn't everyone is so different like so different that's yeah you're right that's what's so hard about this journey I think um I I remember too like one girl that I I was kind of going through all of my miscarriages with I guess if that's like the right Casey right wait hi is no, case? no case. No. She she didn't have any miscarriages. She oh. she was just going through her pregnancies. Um, but I had this one girl that I met. Um, she is from Canada, and all of our miscarriages were like lining up. So we were like huge support systems for one another. And then my fourth pregnancy um, happened at the same time as hers, but mine ended in miscarriage, and hers was a successful pregnancy and it was a really weird feeling because it, yeah. it, it was like gosh like I'm happy for her you know what I mean and then I ended up getting pregnant for the fifth time about a month later and that was Ryan so that was our successful pregnancy um, but I took a really long time to even like tell her 100% I don't I'm like it's, just, it's a crazy crazy journey why do you feel the need to share right now? Like what's kind of driving you? Cause I know you're, you're like a really public, like you're a musician, you know what I mean? So like you have a following. I, I don't know. I have this inner feeling that I just feel like I need to share this. And also 
what 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 has been my reservation with cheering well number one is my private life mixing it with my professional life mm-hmm. which I think is important to like portray a real side to yourself and not just the edited side to yourself but on the other hand when I listen to your other podcasts and some of the women including you went through several losses or or it just seems like my loss is so insignificant compared to them where I just started on this journey and I'm this newbie and I suddenly need to share my story. Who, who do I think I am? So that was one of my reservations because I, I, there are for sure people who, who look at me and are like, you know, she, this is her age, this, you know, this probably happened or whatever. And yeah. it's totally normal. Other people have a lot more stuff to worry about. Like, like women who are told they can't naturally conceive or, or that they have a, they have a thin u- uterine line. Or yeah. Yeah. Like there's stuff that goes on. And I mean, I don't, I, I know I had a successful pregnancy already that already makes it so much easier. So I just feel like, how dare I come on this <laughs> podcast? I think that that is extremely normal to feel that mm-hmm. way. And I, I think there is like some good and kind of, realizing that like life could be worse type of a thing I know that's something that really helped me get through was you know I would see something on the news like some you know some horrific like attack or something and I would be like okay like life could be worse like I'm still breathing I'm still here I still have my family you know like and that would really like kind of like hit me like Shelly like it's not you know what I mean? Like you're going through a hard time, but it's not the end of the world type of a thing. But your story is significant. And I think that every woman who has gone through loss and who has gone through miscarriage knows that if you've had one or if you've had five or if you've had 10, they're all hurtful, you know? And and, and, and how I know it's real. Sorry. Where you come? No. And like, I just, I think that there are so many women out there who do only, I I hate to say only have one, one is a lot, you know what I mean? Like, but that do have one loss, like that's so common. And to have that support system of other women who are going through that and to know that like, it is okay to feel these feels like that's what you're doing right now by sharing your story. And your story is extremely significant and is going to help so many women because it's not easy. And for me, like my first loss is like the one that sticks in my head the most. It's the one that changes you. It yeah. changes all that happy, hopeful into, into doubting fear. yourself and fear yeah. and just uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, and you start to question yourself. <laughs> After you've had one, I hate to say it, but you're just a part of the club. <laughs> you're a part of the way. I keep family. hearing this. You're, 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 it's not a club you want to be a part of, but you are a part of it. <laughs> oh, and like I said, if you've had one or if you've had 15, we're all in this together and we all are grieving our losses and we all can relate in that way. So... And the way I know it's real and not insignificant, even though there are other women who go through so much more pain, is that something's going on because it keeps me crying and it keeps me down and it keeps me from being my up self. And exactly. And if it's happening, then it's then it's real and I can't just ignore it. Mm -hmm. But it's been so hurtful. Like the first time I 
I don't think I've ever been comforted by this is so common. <laughs> yeah, right? You know what else is common? People die. Yeah. It doesn't make it any easier. I mean, people grow old and, and there's sickness and illness and people die and it's so common. I mean, everyone, we're no one, of, none of us is getting out alive. <laughs> That's how common it is. And there, there are things in place and there, I mean, you get to tell certain people I had to tell to get out of certain commitments that I had to get out of the week of, but certain people that it didn't come up with. I mean, I didn't get maternity leave. I didn't get, you know, the time you get off to grieve someone. So it was kind of, it makes sense that you don't have to get that time off officially, but it's like, no, I'm not just moving on. I'm not just, oh, it's, you know, five weeks later now. So I'm back to normal. That's not how it works. If anything, it's escalating because the bellies around me are growing and mine isn't. Mm -hmm. And, And that's escalating also. That makes it harder. And the realization I had last week was that this is not going to be over at least until the due date. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And honestly, it's some, it's not over for me either. Like it's something that, something that I still think about every single day. And I think it's a part of my life now, you know, and um, I still cry about it. Like, even though I have my rainbow baby and, you know, it's just, it's always going to be a part of us. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think the whole, like not having maternity leave or not having like that time off to grieve. I think that that needs to change. Don't you? Like, so I'm not sure because the work that I had to deal with and be in Mm -hmm. did distract me and did. Yeah. But I don't know if it's good or bad yet. (laughs) I know. Right. I'm like, I, I didn't take any time off either. I kind of just like kept going, but I do think that if I would have, I, who knows, will we ever know? I don't, (laughs) I don't know, but honestly, I can't imagine going to, we're, we're blessed in the sense that we do what we love. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I think going to like an office would have been extremely difficult. A hundred percent. Yeah. Socializing is definitely the hardest part of my life right now. Yeah. It's I, never been the easiest. Yeah, me either. <laughs> but now it's, it's it's more of an effort than it has to be. <laughs> we are on the same page with that. <laughs> are you an introvert? Um, I definitely get energy from other people in social settings, but I also need to recover from it. So yeah, yes, that's kind of how I am too. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, girl, I'm so happy for you just to like come on and start this healing process and you know, get your story out there because, um, I don't know. How do you feel after sharing? Um, I feel good. There was one thing I did want to say that I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt like I connected a lot with some of the more detailed stories of in the hospital or in the doctor's office. And I have one that I wanted to share because I felt like listening to the stories that I identified with, or even that I didn't, but I was able to feel the pain and it somehow made me feel better. So I have one. Yeah. Um, so when we went back for our second ultrasound to confirm uh, the ultras uh, to confirm the miscarriage. Okay, so it wasn't a scheduled appointment because I called in and they were going to try to fit us in. And then uh, we come into this office and we tell them that the, you're expecting us. We're here. I probably sat in that office for two hours with a bunch of pregnant women who are also all waiting for their ultrasound. 
I was there with my husband, but I was so miserable having to sit there. And before I went in, they said, yeah, come in now. Um, even though I would have had to wait hours, it's like, you know what, could I pretend I'm there and you'll just tell me when I'm 10 minutes away and I'll hop on over. <laughs> and then they told me not to go to the bathroom, to drink water, not to go to the bathroom. So every like half hour, I'd jump up and say, when am I going to be seen? I need the bathroom. They'd come back and say, you could go to the bathroom. And I'd be like, thanks. That's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I wanted to be, I wanted to hear like, just three more minutes. It'll be seen. So, and then just having to move locations and just see so many people and I can't control my crying and I'm around all these pregnant women and just sitting there for <laughs> hours or it felt like hours. It was definitely not less than an hour and a half. Even though I had my husband there, I, I just found that to be so torturing. <laughs> and um, and I, I remember thinking, you know, writing a review about that office wouldn't help anyone because they, anyone looking at it would be, oh, she's having a miscarriage of course she's unhappy with, <laughs> with the surface. <laughs> anyone having a healthy baby is, is okay. You know? <laughs> The, the I, week before when I came in for my ultras now not knowing anything I was fine sitting for 40 minutes yeah I actually yeah. remember that too so you're not alone there because I I even remember sitting in the office and hearing the phone ring at the front desk and her being like oh let's schedule your 20 week appointment <laughs> you know your gender you know where you find out the gender and like even that was torture oh my gosh and you're just sitting there like and I'm here for, you know, it's like, gosh, I, yeah, I totally but, feel yeah. <laughs> but the doctor's office, because the ultrasound place was separate from the doctors, they have all, they have all been a lot more respectful, I would okay. say, toward what was going on. They, they didn't make me wait long, and, and I felt like I was treated with some more respect. Good. Yeah. And that clearly means a lot. Just going in every week to get my beta testing was, you know, hard. Mm -hmm. So then making it a little bit easier. Yeah. And not like smiling at me and being like, how are you doing? And is there anything else we can do? Mm -hmm. So it it makes me want to go back (laughs) next time. Hopefully when I do need their services, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, bedside manner is everything. Oh, yeah. All right. Is there anything else that you wanted to get out there before we close out? No, I just <laughs> um, I just hope I'm able to transition, yeah. whether it's my friends who have their healthy pregnancies first or me, that we're able to transition without there being a lot of hard feelings, because I feel like that's going to be the biggest challenge, because here it's like, oh, welcome to this world. And all of us in here, <laughs> pain, pain souls together. And then it's, oh, but now, but now I'm back on the train <laughs> and, and you're not. So that I find you have that a lot in dating when everyone starts getting married and you feel like, when's my guy? You know, I, yeah. I happen to have been earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. I, but um, I think that that shows what kind of person you are is the fact that that's what you're worried about right now <laughs> you know what I mean like you're worried about like hurting you know so, you know the feelings of other people and I think that that just shows that you're just a really good human being <laughs> that's not why I'm saying that I just feel no like I know it's such not. a big I'm saying, part like, I, of I how I feel 
is yeah. the pregnant women around me and how they make me feel and just me feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I was so insensitive when I got pregnant. I thought the whole world was so happy for me because we didn't have a kid for so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't prepare with tissues here, but I, I just feel like I have been so insensitive and I'm so shocked because I felt like I was such a sensitive person <laughs> and I'm, that that's just a big concern of mine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And rightfully so, because I know that feeling too. I know that I've, I know that I've been the person who is like, oh, well, at least it was early or, oh, you know, like almost like trying to make somebody else feel better. And now I know that those things are actually hurtful, you know, but I don't think, you know, until you've been there and you've been there now and you've been there and now, you know, and now it's a concern of yours. And I think that that's, that's how a lot of us feel. Um, but it does. It shows that you're just a really good human being, too. Like, <laughs> that you're, you know, you're considerate of that mm-hmm. after going through it. Because um, you could also easily be like, hey, I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I definitely will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll also have some reservations. Right. Well, thank you so much. If there was like one piece of advice that you could give to somebody who's in a similar position, what would it be? So, so the natural thing is to think, and I thought it too, why me? How could this happen to me? This happens to other people. Like, I remember we watched these weekly videos, you know, what what's going on now with your pregnancy. And I don't know if I will, I'll be able to do it again, because the line they say now is when most of the pregnancies are having their miscarriages or like most of the miscarriages are going to happen now. And me thinking every time, yeah, but that's not me because I'm still here. Meanwhile, four weeks later, that's exactly when my miscarriage happened. Like that's when the heartbeat or when the growth stopped. Um I don't know if I'd be able to watch that video again. Yeah. Um, So just so thinking that how could that happen to me? What helps? And that's what helped me, me talking about it with people Mm -hmm. and then realizing what other people are going through, whether it's infertility loss or just other stuff in their life. And Mm -hmm. no one's getting out easy. (laughs) I don't know anyone here who would sign the, uh, you know, check the box that says I have an easy life. I haven't met anyone in my life. My grandmother keeps saying she has the best life ever. And she had so much loss and pain in her life. And I'm like, oh, you think you have such a good life? Wow. I'd like to be like you. Um, So just like, I'm happy with my bag of pain, I guess that that I, I would choose mine over anyone else's. So I guess the advice is, yeah, when you think about how could this happen to me, it's no, no one's getting off with nothing. Everyone has their bag of pain and their bag of difficulties and challenges and either have empathy or don't think, don't think you're alone. We're all in this together. We, we all have different stuff, but that, that look around the room where everyone has it easy or everyone else is having babies. We don't know. We mm-hmm. don't know what they're going through. what their marriage is like or their relationship or their financial status and what's keeping them up at night (laughs) so that that's that that's helpful just to think about that no I'm not looking at someone and thinking they have a perfect life that's been comforting for me yeah I just want to thank you so much Francisca for jumping on and sharing your story for you know really the first time like publicly um (laughs) 
Yeah, if you have, if I mean, if anybody is like wanting to reach out to you, is there a way that they could do that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as Francisca Music, C I S K A. That's the end of my name spelling, the spelling of my name. And I, I'm just so grateful to you <laughs> for giving me this opportunity. And I'm so impressed with how, how first of all, you're doing this post baby, which is incredible, like right away, and that you give a platform for women to to heal and it's really beautiful you're I, i'm just so grateful that you you you, you made this available for me and i, I appreciate oh. it because i feel like it got me through the last few days I, I was excited about this i was thinking about this and as a fellow podcast host i feel like <laughs> there's so much work that goes into it and you know, sometimes people reach out and, you're, you know, it, so I'm, I'm just grateful that you said Absolutely. yes. Well, yes. Yes. I, I think everybody's story has a purpose and that's exactly what I want to do with this platform. And your story has a huge purpose and it's going to help so many people. So I just want to say that I'm proud of you and I'm thankful for you for jumping on and sharing your story, even though I know it's so nerve wracking and it's so recent and you are, I mean, you've been hit with a whole lot of like grief lately. And so for you to just like jump on and I, I hope that this is healing for you because I know sharing was super healing for me. So that's, that's what I hope for you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, let's keep in touch definitely thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your instagram stories tag myself tag my guest so that we can personally thank you this is a lamb fam you guys we're not in this alone we're creating this ripple effect together